You're listening to Lights Out, where we'll talk about all things Formula One. From racecraft and strategy, to politics on and off the grid, and just about everything else in between. This is our call to the girls, gays, and theys who might have never considered themselves sporty, that now is the time to get into sports. Or at least this sport. And to the guys, welcome to the ladies' locker room. We're your hosts. I'm Kate. My name is Kennedy. And with that... Ladies, are we ready? A cheers. To making it through the 2021 season. She was hefty. Hmm. She's a long one. And next season um, is actually going to be even longer. So, 23 races, y'all. If I had to sum up the the final race of the call season out their, call out their username too oh i will if i had to sum up the race in one sentence i read it best from emily on twitter at ek nielsen technically she's a private account she's a lovely woman but she had <laughs> the best take i saw about this which was yeah this race was a real Ireland wins, but Crumb gets the snitch situation, <laughs> which resonates so oh powerfully. God. Oh so God. powerfully. That's unbelievably accurate. On point. Yeah. I've never seen a better read. Unbelievably on point. Not to be like unbearably millennial and make everything a Harry Potter thing, but like it's perfect. that's an apt comparison and it hits it's also our audience though yeah also yeah welcome, welcome. unbearable millennials but yeah so today the thing that i think we have been mentally and emotionally prepping for for about half a season finally came to pass mm. max verstappen is the 2021 world drivers championship winner he won the last race in Yas Marina. Honestly and truly, despite all of the other things that we will get into later, fully congratulations to Max. Congratulations yeah. to Red Bull. They did put in an incredible performance across the season. Yes, they did. The way this race went in particular is not really how, like, it's not how I wanted to see Max win the championship? Nor do I think it was the way that Max wanted to win the championship. I think he wanted much, much more of like a true head-to-head battle. But unfortunately, that's not how... Yes, Marina is traditionally, but also not how this race itself panned out due to factors beyond their control. Yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, Yas Marina was still Yas Marina. Like, yes, they made changes. Like, it wasn't the same as it has always been in years past entirely. But that being said, there wasn't that many close battles on track. There wasn't all that much overtaking. Like, it's an incremental improvement, but Mm -hmm. it's still Yas Marina. So we still kind of just ended up in a situation for the vast majority of the race where... Once everybody was at pace, it was kind of just like a second or two between most cars, like two seconds or so between most cars. And then, as we've seen across a lot of races this season, a big gap from Max and Lewis back to everybody else. Did I enjoy the season overall? Yeah, for Mm -hmm. the most part. I think the last third is where it kind of stopped being a little fun in a lot of ways. It went, went from fun to stressful, especially depending on who you backed in the the title fight itself. 
but especially in the last month, like the last four races have been extremely testing. Yeah, 100%. The other thing about this last race that, again, is something that has been a running theme towards the end of the season. Again, whatever, it's the last race of the season. I'm not surprised that this trend stayed, but... Again, like there wasn't really much content, much focus on anything but Max and Lewis. And granted, at this circuit, there wasn't very many times that there was like real legitimate scraps for other places happening. And we did see, you know, when there was things happening elsewhere, we got at least some focus on it. I mean, we spent a fair amount of time with Valtteri Bottas when he was in the middle of the field, kind of. We spent some time with Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso. So, like, we did see other people a bit, but, you know, it still felt a little bit devoid of, like, fun kind of, like, midfield moments. Definitely. We did have one member of our viewing party, a trained eye on the midfield, Mm -hmm. specifically... Spooky Sonoda, Yuki Sonoda. <laughs> Podcast BF. Podcast BF is a big Yuki Sonoda, Yuki Sonoda stan. Yeah. Just, you know, he just is a, he's just, he likes him. He enjoys him. And probably once every 15 minutes. He was like, but look at Yuki, He though. was like, you guys. Like, <laughs> and then, like, the race ended amidst all of the chaos. And, like, his first reaction, like, first of all, we were like, wow, a Carlos podium. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, and not then paying attention. the next thing was he was like, but where did Yuki finish? He goes, P4, I think. P4. He goes, yeah. that's the best, right? Crazy. I just, it that is, I was think very crazy. That's Yuki's best result of the season. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. it's don't get me wrong. Like, Yuki did put in a great performance today mm. i just like the the level of focus was hilarious there. Yeah. he just wasn't the driver i had my eyes on today you know the race was stressful i definitely thought it was entertaining enough in the sense that red bull for sure had given up 10 laps before the end of the race they were they had yeah. resigned themselves to the fact that you know they just couldn't it wasn't going to happen for them this year. Sky F1 sports commentators were interviewing uh, Christian yeah. Horner, and he was just like, yeah, we're just going to do the best with whatever the race, whatever race is left for us. You know, we're going to make it the best that we can. And it was so interesting, you know, how literally within 10 laps, all of that changed. Uh, I'm disappointed. I feel, I mean, it was scary. Like, obviously, the reason why the race ended the way that it did, there was a safety car. Nicholas Latifi had gotten into a scuffle that required um, a safety car having to come out. So we finished the race almost up until the very last lap within a safety car. And there was a lot of miscommunication in terms of what the stewards were saying to the safety car person and the teams themselves. And so that was really frustrating, I think, as a viewer to see sort of protocol not followed in that sense. I am bummed that Lewis didn't win. I am happy for Max because I know that this is a long time coming. And probably for him, it, there's a sense of relief, like he finally got it. But I, I just... I'm bummed. I do appreciate though Lewis Hamilton being such a such a class act that he you know he shook Christian Horner's hand, he congratulated Max and made it a point to in his post-race interview to 
to thank Max and thank the Red Bull team for putting up such a great fight. I, I, those are things that, from a sportsmanship perspective, I really, really appreciate about Lewis Hamilton that I don't necessarily think is shown across the grid on, on various different teams, but something that's consistent about Lewis. And I hope that, you know, people take note of that moving forward, but congratulations to Max earned, well earned, deserved, hard fought. I mean, he won more races this season. So yeah. 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 I just wanted to move us along. I'm gonna. I have some more fun little segments for us. Starting, we're gonna do some review of the last season, some little mini review of the last season, and then later we're gonna revisit your predictions for the 21 season. See how those played out. There weren't too many super tangible ones, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we really copped out on the winner predictions, and we were like, well. I my hope is that this goes okay and it's like first I want to start off with if you guys could please share your favorite moment from this season we will have social media star of the season later Uh uh-huh so you could separate your social media moments Uh uh-huh and award those social media star of the Mm -hmm. season Uh uh-huh and this is maybe this is on track favorite moment favorite Favorite racing moment can I have two Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm already if breaking the rules. You could have to. Okay. My That's first okay. moment, I can't recall exactly. I was thinking of it today while we were watching. Thinking about it because Lewis's tires were really, really old. By the end of the race, he'd switched out his tires at lap 14 of 58. And it made me think about this race earlier in the season where Lewis, there were a bunch of tire issues. Like maybe it... it I, I would love to go look. I bet Pirelli themselves has this data. Uh-huh. But maybe it was the front left tire because uh-huh. that seems to be the problematic tire of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, on any on any counterclockwise track, yeah. that should always be the tire under the most strain. Right. And therefore the one that will like have the most degradation. Right, right, right. But Lewis, essentially, tires like were giving up and it was a matter of whether or not he was going to be able to finish the race. And he finished the race to the point that he drove his tires like to the ground and like barely slid over the finish line. And when they showed at the like podium ceremony area where they, the, the park for May section where they parked their cars, his tires were so worn down mm-hmm. that it was just like a flat band, like a thin salami slice of, Ooh. of just rubber. And I like I, every time that reminds me. I mean, I like every time that you end up with the slick intermediates. Oh yeah, the oh, slick intermediates. Yeah. Yeah, any yeah. any race where know. it never won, almost any race where it rains, we we been new we that we it. like these. <laughs> but um, yeah, when like it starts, it rains in the beginning and then stops raining and then the track dries and nobody changes their tires, so they drive through the tread on the intermediate tire and finish the, finish the race on a homemade slick tire. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. No, I just remember, and I remember watching that and just being like, damn, that's how good of a driver he was. He like maintained yeah. his tires enough to get his job done. And I think, I think that's something that in watching this race and really reflecting on this season, like Lewis, he is experienced. He he's, 
been in Formula One since 2008. It is like that true race craft maturity and experience that gets him to this point all the time where he is, you know, in lead of lead or in the in the running for a championship because he's just so fucking good. Like I yeah. I understand, you know, people wanting to have a switch up and this has been a very exciting season and there's yeah. been a lot of support for Max and well earned and deserved. I yeah. mean, yeah. he's extremely talented and I can only imagine how great he'll be in the future. Mm-hmm. But Lewis Hamilton truly has just been in his prime for the last couple of yeah. seasons and it's showing by the way that he's able to like maintain his drive the entire race and finish. Yeah. yeah it's very fun to watch. That's a good one. I forgot about that race. Yeah. My yeah. other one was when Seb got on the podium. Yeah. And he like literally drove his car. They're like, stop the car, stop the car right now. He drove his car, like he missed the like entrance point or he ran out of gas, like one of the two situations. This is also the podium. I think, is this the podium that he was stripped of? Yeah, he was disqualified. Yeah, but but that whole moment where he like literally ran yeah. Like a mile. Someone else he, did that. He too. and Esteban. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was Esteban's was win. Where they like literally oh, yeah. ran and they were like so excited and Fernando Alonso was like hugging his teammate oh, and like yeah. but it was just like such a sweet, sweet moment. And I know that people get tired of seeing the same faces of Lewis, Max, and Valtteri on the podium and obviously with the coming season with the mm-hmm. the grid shakeup, it's that's not gonna be the case anymore. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it was such a pure, like, joy and excitement mm-hmm. kind of moment that looking back on it, like, people who follow the sport, they're going to remember those things. They're going to remember, mm-hmm. like, people's first wins. And and that is something that, like, truly sticks out in my mind. Yeah. So, one that I know is shared between Kennedy and I that I think, like, lots of people really enjoyed, or I hope lots of people really enjoyed... Uh, the first time that Williams scored points, mm-hmm. <laughs> when they got they got double points with George and Nick oh, um, yeah. in P nine and P ten, and they actually went on in several other races to get points and double points at one other point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, comparatively to their last couple of seasons, a huge improvement, but also just like a such a fun emotional moment. Mm-hmm. So nice to get to see. You know, George Russell, who's done a lot of work with that team and been there, you know, for several mm-hmm. years now for some of that rebuilding effort before he goes to Mercedes, which yeah. I'm sure will be a very much different experience than racing at Williams has been. Right. It was really nice that he was able to get some points with that team and sort of help them cement mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. rebuilding yeah. effort. Yeah. And like really show dividends for the amount of work that they have put in over the years. Yeah. I think that's a really nice way to close out that relationship, even though like in the end of the season, you know, he's ended the season with two consecutive DNFs just yeah. from like car failure, basically. Yeah. Which, you know, shows obviously like Williams does still have a ways to go in terms of being like a competitive midfield team. Mm -hmm. But yeah, their first their first double points finish, I think, was really one of my favorite moments of the season. The moment where he was like, especially in that race, he was like 
telling his William, the Williams like engineering team, he's like, because Nicholas Latifi was ahead of him, prioritize Nikki. Like, even if you oh, need yeah. to sacrifice my like, drive, sacrifice prioritize Nikki. Oh. Like, like this, keep going. Like, and I think it's moments like that that you see drivers or just people in general where they're like love and dedication goes beyond themselves and they're really looking out for their whole team Mm -hmm. and i think especially when it comes to like driver partnerships or or how we set up the grid for the next season it's so key that you're bringing in people like obviously there are going to people who are going to show up and show out right Mm -hmm. But it's also really crucial that you're cultivating such a strong, like, team-oriented culture because this isn't, you know, the drivers themselves, they're the the star, the forefront of the show, but there's so many hands that go into that. And to see, yeah. like, it's just, it's really, really, really sweet to see that. It makes it really special to watch moments like that. Yeah. Also, you know, from, like, a comedy perspective, um... It's a great sign that George is willing to sacrifice his race for his teammate. Mm, yeah. Because that is the role of his seat at Mercedes. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, not where I thought you were going with I that. Didn't really either. I, didn't <laughs> I thought I, I definitely thought you were gonna be like it from a comedy standpoint, I mean, that's all that I seek in a partner. And like if George Russell oh. can offer that to well, his that teammate. Too, that too, and also obviously that weekend generated an incredible meme reaction image <laughs> um for the F one community. So yeah. that's also an act of service. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean like the reality <laughs> Did you say is that's also an act of service. Yeah, it is an act of service. <laughs> Just the same way that sacrificing his race for Nikki. But yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, that is, whether the teams want to call them second drivers or not, Sergio Perez and George Russell are the second drivers on their team. When you are on a top team. 2022. 2022. Yeah. When you are on a top team and you are paired with a world champion. Yeah. Your job is to support their performance. Like, obviously, if you're ahead of them and doing way better, right? No, but if they're ahead of you, your job is then to be the team player. Like, that's what that's what that's why there's two drivers on an F1, right? I mean, that that was so evident, especially I can we can give multiple examples like Fernando Alonso and Espano Con. Like, those are pretty great examples of this season, like Mm -hmm. teammates playing off of one another for the advantage of the team or their their fellow teammate. Mm-hmm. But as even today in today's yeah. race, Sergio Perez like oh, really yeah. did such a great job defending that first position yeah. to wear out Lewis Hamilton's tires enough for like another overtake situation yeah. and to really benefit Red Bull overall. And well, and and across the season Red Bull has really refined their ability to utilize Sergio in qualifying. For the last, like, five races, Sergio has always basically given Max a toe for his last flying lap of qualifying, Mm, which is part of why we've seen... Not, I mean, obviously, like, Max is a great driver. The Red Bull's fast as fuck. Like, all of those things also contribute to the number of times that we've seen Max on pole. Yeah. But he is regularly getting a toe when qualifying from his teammate that Lewis isn't necessarily getting. Yeah. 
Um, and then my second favorite moments from the season mm-hmm. is every time Carlos was on a podium. Yeah. Which yeah. is how many times? It, but specifically the moment he was on the podium and he wore his hat backwards to uh, do the champagne uh, bit. That was just for me. And I would like to thank Pierre Gasly for his, his impact. Pierre Gasly for his impact Mr. on the sport. Mr. Backwards Cap himself. I would like to thank um, <laughs> Carlos Sainz <laughs> Sr., for having had Carlos Sainz Jr. I will say my favorite Carlos podium of this season was actually his first one, which was Monaco. But yeah, this one was kind of hard to like digest. This one, yeah, I was like not in the emotional space to celebrate yeah. a Carlos podium yeah. during this race. Like it was a nice moment of reprieve. Yeah. Where when I was looking, <laughs> when they were like doing close up shots of Carlos on the podium, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is why I love the sport. But. No, I mean, Monaco was my favorite Carlos podium because, number one, it was his first with Ferrari, which is meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Number two, it was, like, I think our first race that had attendees. And it had, like, the live band. And it had the women in the weird white outfits with the gloves giving the trophies. And there was, like, a lot of chaos, which was really funny. But that was also the race where everyone else finished the race. And they were super sweaty. And they were doing the trackside interviews, and Carlos's hair was perfect, and he was not sweaty at all. And the interviewer was legitimately befuddled. He was like, how do you look like this after the race? And Carlos was like, I don't know. know." And that, I think, like, that was, that was great. We went on to have several other Carlos podiums, but, like, that one just set the tone, you know, for me. And I liked it. And it was sort of like, Monica was also so sad, because that was when... Charles Leclerc had qualified on pole and they made the decision to not switch the engine to not get the penalty and then he had to retire from the race which is devastating for so many reasons and like so it was like a little bit of recompense that Ferrari got some kind of podium out of that I think some so something that Monaco is actually a race where it's it's always neat to me so there's like kind of this class of like drivers that came in like maybe three, four years ago, mm-hmm. and technically Max Verstappen's been racing for seven, but but he grew up with all these dudes and that kind of thing. You know, Lando, Carlos, Alex, like this whole George Russell, this class of like drivers that they're all buds. They're all they grew up together, and so it was so neat to see a podium of like kind of the next generation and i say that with big air quotes the next generation of of drivers these drivers because they're starting so much younger than drivers used to be um, that they're going their careers are much longer was such a neat little like snapshot and so today when max won it was so cool to see all of those guys coming up and congratulating him and Mm -hmm. it was sort of i likened it to like as you know, we're getting older, we have friends who are getting married and having babies. It was kind of like, holy shit, like you guys are like you're grown up now. Like we dreamed about this when oh, we were kids. Yeah, like true. like you've reached this like next level in life. And so I think that's sort of kind of the reaction that like Carlos and Charles and Lando sort of like yeah. gave Max of like, holy shit, dude, look at us. We made it kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because it's it's so tough. It was so tough because the circumstances of the win made it hard to like feel celebratory about it. I mean, obviously like whatever. We're 
Louis fans, there would have been a little bit of like like animosity. Yeah, animosity anyway. or just yeah. like a little. Yeah. It's like it would have been kind of emotional regardless, but. Yeah. I think the circumstances just made it like, especially just like, it also kind of sucks because of course the way that this happened and the fact that it was like sort of as a result of a little bit of a strange, you know, decision by the race director and by the FIA, like it, that's not Max's fault. Like Max did a great job. Yeah, He did what yeah. he needed to do, which was he needed to win in that, in one lap. Yeah. And like, as a driver, he did a great job Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, I'm happy for him in that respect. I think it's like, it's the macro perspective of like you know whatever how how objectively fair is this like does it make sense that this was the decision etc which i think i want to at like during the postseason i want to like move past to some degree or separate from the driver performance more okay so here begins the segment in which I let you guys know what you predicted would happen in the 2021 season, mm-hmm. as much as we can call them predictions. Uh-huh. Kate mentioned that Mercedes was going to be very good at, she suspected that Mercedes was going to be very good at altering their car as the season progressed to adapt to what it needed to be doing. And I would say that that is true. Yeah. It's fairly accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kate wanted to see Checo outdrive Max. Oh. Ugh. I didn't see that, and honestly... We didn't. No. I still want to see him outdrive Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he will next year. Maybe. New model. <laughs> you demanded that Red Bull spice up their social media content? Nope, no. it was worse. It was so <laughs> bad. It was, like, worse than any other season heretofore. Oh. Um, yeah. Whoever was in charge of digital strategy for 2021, wasn't it? I will also say, I'm sorry, Formula One main account. Love love you because you give me so many up-to-date breaking news insights. However, the art that you've been posting specifically oh, around this title fight. It's so bad. It's, it's so weird. So bad. So bad. They posted like a cartoon-ish oh, so drawing of Max this afternoon of like, and the Winner. fonts were like terrible. It's it he he Not just like it, he just he looks ugly. <laughs> like it just looks yeah. bad. Not flattering for him. Yeah. Like I, who's reviewing that? I will say, and it's been driving me crazy since even like the preseason announcements. The Red Bull social media, they really went in on a like whole graphics package with like all of these like visual components Mm. the dots and the stripes yeah yeah i remember and they like went in on that all season they put it on the racing singlets they put it on for for fuck's sake it was on the world champion hat even yes it also doesn't help in the past red bull we've talked about this before but like have kind of relied on like one sort of like charming fun charismatic driver and Mm. then like kind of max as like playing the like straight straight, man role of like i'm just like you know like i'm a competitor like he's not his personality doesn't come through in branded videos yeah typically and i think that is kind of an issue for both him and checo yeah they don't quite come off in like the branded content they don't like it's really hard to like get a sense of them and so I think that was, like, particularly tough across this season for Red Bull. That's right. Where, like, from a social perspective, every video they put out, I was like, this feels really weird. This is 
as awkward as the Aston Martin, Seb, and Lance videos. Yeah, yeah. well, because Checo, Checo mm-hmm. is quite a subdued character. Yeah. So I've it's never kind of really thought about it. Wow. Wow. They really rode on the coattails of yeah, Danny Ricardo for a really long time. Well, yeah. I mean, they used, like, Danny Ricardo has obviously some of the best Such charisma in F1. Seb Vettel, when he was winning... And in general, I think Seb is like, can be a really fun character. And especially when he was younger, he was much more, like, in-your-face, kind of. Yeah, I mean, like, Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon, like, those were all people who were, like, kind of fun, silly, jokey characters. Sure. And they just don't have that. Yeah. Didn't have that this season. Mm. And I feel like from, like, a social content perspective, it showed. Mm, it right. just, like, it, th- especially, I think, because Alpha Tauri did a great job with social this season. Oh, so good. Damn Which show. I'm sitting there and I'm like, damn, like, do you, like, Alpha Tauri as a brand has done such a fantastic job branding themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they have really, this was I was going to say Diego was like my social media star of the year. Wow. Like, like he truly, I, we were watching videos. We were watching a reel before this, this race yesterday or this morning. And it was like he and the chemistry that obviously like he has with Yuki and Pierre Gasly has allowed them to play and be so much more fun Mm -hmm. there's like a a true like playful energy between yuki and pierre yeah and diego really hones in on that and like pushes that in all their content like for the for the edification of the audience diego is in charge of the social and digital strategy for alpha tauri yeah yeah Yeah. and he's been a previous social media star of the week yeah um and he looks at our instagram stories but (laughs) Um, but it's just one of those things where, like, I really, in comparison, because Red Bull is, like, kind of, they're sister brands. Sure. Red Bull is, like, the, like, household name. Mm-hmm. It's just not giving it as much as AlphaTauri has. And AlphaTauri has, like, yeah. really, like, they're known, they're very fashionable. They're very sleek. They're very, like, a, like high level. And I think Red Bull tries a little, like, leans a little bit too much on this idea of being quote unquote attainable. Yeah. And it's kind it's falling flat on social media from my yeah. personal perspective. Yeah. I think the, the Red Bull like master brand just doesn't feel, it feels like it's, it's only engaging if that's exactly what you want out of a team in terms of like, they're not, it doesn't feel like they're doing a lot to like make their social presence attractive to people who are not already a Red Bull fan. Mm. Like that is not a pathway to get people more excited about their team for them. It's what it feels like. Whereas like Alpha Tauri, their performance, frankly, this season was middling, mm-hmm. arguably mm-hmm. worse than last season and much yeah. worse than the predictions coming out of like winter testing in the first few races, yeah. right? like across the season. They've had great moments, but they've also struggled a lot. And they're clearly doing something with their social media to really try and build their brand and encourage people to be fans and buy along to that kind of journey of, like, watching them build. Frankly, neither the Mercedes nor the Red Bull social is typically, like, great. Although Mercedes was spicy this weekend. Mercedes was spicy this weekend. And I I do feel that, like, 
on the whole, Mercedes does do a better job, at least for me as a customer, of sprinkling in every so often something like fun or like intriguing that I really like. And the other thing is the Mercedes team, I will say their Twitter content is better in some ways than their Mm -hmm. Instagram content. Mm -hmm. Their Twitter content is a little bit more like silly, a little bit more like they're going to play in the fan spaces than like the the Instagram content, which I get because Twitter is a little bit more impermanent in terms of like once, you know, as time goes by, like you're not going to keep seeing those. Whereas the Instagram grid is like so kind of forever. Right. I definitely think Mercedes and Alvatari do a really great job of like social listening and and keeping a finger on the pulse of like what's trendy. Yeah. What's trendy broadly and what their audience is specifically resonating with and like memeing about their drivers. Yeah. Is it kind of feel like, and maybe it's because I've grown up with Red Bull being like this brand my whole life. I kind of feel like maybe Red Bull as an energy drink manufacturer, especially because there's so many other kinds of energy drinks and like the ener- that like specific category of of beverage and that kind of thing is like grown exponentially. And Red Bull was truly a leader in that way. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Red Bull is kind of like your grandma's company now. Like it's like kind of like your grandma's mm-hmm. energy drink company. And I don't like, think they're edgy anymore. Yeah, I think they've they've yeah. tried it. They've tried to capture like this youthful brand or hold on to that idea and it might like truly i feel like they probably benefit from like new strategy and a rebrand from yeah that perspective so yeah to as uh, the extremely long-winded <laughs> answer is no okay. that prediction didn't come true it was more of a you guys were manifesting slash demanding that they make their content better yeah and they just didn't, didn't yeah. and they just yeah um the next one that i have is that uh you were expecting great things from Antonio's lovely long locks. Aww. Oh, Antonio. that's that one hits really sad. Oh, right this this race was Antonio's last, last and he had to retire yeah. before the end of the race because well, the uh, Alfa even... Romeo just couldn't make it to the end. Yeah. So both that's yeah. Both he and Kimmy retired. And yeah. Kimmy literally retired from the sport. He literally oh, retired. Kimmy, I think, was just like, yeah, I'm done. I feel like Kimmy just sent a radio message and he was like, actually, I don't want to finish the race. I feel they probably have like some kind of code word for him where he's like, he's like papaya. And they're like, McLaren. He's like, no, get me the fuck out of here. Like, I'm done. But yeah, I mean, Antonio's hair looked great this season. It did. Antonio's driving, not Eh, quite so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know. He also has a really tragic lack of 30 million extra dollars to pour into the team. right. Right. Which... Plus, didn't help him exactly exactly i mean this the country the italian government couldn't save his feet <laughs> i don't think anything else could have true um but you know we're eager to hear how his formula e career yes unfolds yeah. next season yeah. definitely absolutely i'm gonna do two more i mean big one is that i think we thought that mclaren was gonna put up a hell of a fight yeah and they really fell off yeah there was one moment when they had a Daniel Ricardo Lando Norris one two right, which was very fun to watch. They did really well in the beginning of the season, and then they kind of started falling back towards like as soon as we kind of came back from summer break, 
they got that double podium which was like thought it felt like it was going to be this huge reinvigoration point and then they just like never really came back to that yeah and i will say like it kept it almost like kind of artificially inflated if you will the the battle between them and ferrari for third in the constructors Mm. because ferrari had something this year that they have struggled with and particularly struggled with last year which was they had consistency yeah they were not always like putting in podium performances or anything but like carlos Sainz finished this season with the longest point scoring streak in the grid and like ferrari was regularly filling those like fifth and sixth sixth and seventh yeah kind of positions whereas like mclaren was bopping around and like maybe they would get third but then they'd get like third and 15th yeah or like fifth and 17th or something yeah. where it was like they weren't maximizing the way i expected them yeah. to so ferrari got third in the constructors in the end i know i definitely think this is the return of i i'd like to think that ferrari is probably gonna put in some work over this winter season yeah yeah, yeah. um and i mean 2022 with the new model of of car new era of car is is probably is like anyone's game ish Mm -hmm. but i really think ferrari is is gonna come out strong yeah yeah and then the last one of note i think Mm -hmm. was that and we sort of talked about this already you guys had high hopes for williams We did. Yeah. We did, and I think we got what we wanted. I think Definitely. so. I think we got a lot out of Williams this year. Yeah. Um, I got a lot out of George Russell this year. I think George is definitely leaving that team better than he found it. Yes. Yeah. And I also think, especially like after um, Sir Frank Williams is passing, that I'd like to think for the Williams family, they are really proud of the work that they put in with that team yeah. mm-hmm. and how to see it grow over the course of the season and to see a driver like George move on to such a high tier team in, in Mercedes, mm-hmm. that has to be like such a proud moment because Claire Williams talks about how they bring in like such raw talent mm-hmm. and you want that raw talent to grow and, you know, mature like, like George Russell has. Yes, yeah. And I think there's nothing but, you know, aces for, yeah. for the Williams team. The social media star. Social media star of the week. Star of the week. Power. Star of the week. Star it up. It's the last social media star of the week, but we're going to do la- social media star of the season. Mm-hmm. It's the last one of our season mm-hmm. for this year. Um, I, would, I wanted to start off by letting you know your social media star of winter break was okay um <laughs> i don't remember i think it's pierre and carlos it's pierre and carlos <laughs> kennedy your pierre moments kind of dropped off kind of early yeah you kind you of think? you i feel yeah. like you were only a pierre gal in, until like may and then yeah well i think we didn't get that oh. much content from him well that's honestly. true he yeah. didn't have a great season yeah. i will say he had a little bit of a tough season I, yeah. I say that because my grandma actually texted me she's been catching up on episodes yeah and yeah. she listened to the episode from um right after labor day weekend Mm-hmm. And it was the Pierre Wattpad conversation we were having. <laughs> and she, and I'm pleased to report, she did listen and she texted me that she was like dying of laughter at the oh end God. of that episode. So 
We love. Yeah, we we love. Pierre and Carlos. Yeah. Where, where your winter break? <laughs> Has anything changed? Or I was just still thinking about Carlos. To be honest, I want to say I. I think I also want to reveal who had the most, who was rewarded the most social media stars of the week okay. for the season. Uh huh. I think I know who it is. It was Valtteri Botas. Oh. Really? He was such a dark horse for us, you guys. I never saw it coming. Valtteri Botas was awarded Social Media Star of the Week at least four or five times. Yeah. We fell in love. We We really felt... Yeah, I thought you were going to say Lewis Hamilton. He also had quite a few, but more towards the beginning of the season rather than this last. earlier in the season. And also that he's got distributed because, like, we also... I know I definitely gave Roscoe... A social oh, media star right. for me, for which like Gala. is technically Lewis, but like it's True. Roscoe, and but, like but it's Roscoe. There's Roscoe a difference. also really fell off the map with his yeah. content. I'm like his I dad got a little too serious. He's little, focused on his job. Yeah. yeah, I mean the level set to make for me about social media star of the season, and it's sort of a disclaimer we've been making in social media star of the week for the last few weeks is like towards the end of the season especially particularly the drivers the teams kind of maintain like a balance the drivers get so serious and so like they have great social media through like summer break maybe a few races after that and then everybody is like oh i'm not funny anymore and that's i drive and that is my job (laughs) like they like they switch headspace and they're like i'm actually a i'm a driver i'm a race car driver now so serious now (laughs) actually all i do is drive my race car and i'm like no no no. i want to see what stupid shit you had for brunch that's what i'm here for that's why i follow you on social i already know what place you took in the race i watched it Right. I I'm I was there. I do both. Um get a girl that does both. Get you a girl that does both. <laughs> I don't um, I I okay, so I mean Alphatari I think is my social media star of um but I, I would say I think my standout moment on social media for social media star yes, of the good. week yes. is Estefan Ocon <laughs> and his club sandwich <laughs> moment. Estefan Ocon at summer break. Uh, Esteban Oka during summer break where he's, he sat up and it's this little <laughs> smile and he like he like straightens his back puts his shoulders back and he folds his hands in his lap and he gives this little like cheeky little grin and I don't know why but that specific like pose like burned into my mind I, I like that is the only thing I remember from social media other than Pierre's um, pre- preseason workout video that is the only thing that i remember from social media can i not follow the rules and just give a series of superlatives and not choose a singular social media star of the year break the rules babe great perfect okay so for generally most personally pleasing to myself on a visual aesthetic (laughs) level content it's carlos you guys come on i I don't know why we even like argued or thought that this was going to change. Yeah. So like he gets like a, like a freebie win for that. Cause it's like, what was he going to oh, stop looking beautiful? No, he did post recently and I sent it to our group chat and I was like, wow, he looks so good. He's just one of those people that like, if you met, like oh, there's some, sad. there's some people who are so aesthetically like 
beautiful. Like classically hot. Yeah. Whether they be like men, women, whomever. And like you see them in real life and you're like, I actually don't know how to react because I've never (laughs) seen someone who looks like this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just surrounded by like people who look like people. And then you see a person (laughs) who you're like, I don't know, man. Like I'm almost stressed. Like it's almost too much. And I think that's that. That's what would happen to me. So I'm giving Carlos. That's Uh, Carlos wins for that. I think for artistic eye and fun vibes, I'm choosing Valtry. Mm, I would agree with that. Because I truly would have That's never... Valtry. I mean, like, you guys knew we were not Valtry fans coming into this season. Yeah. And we are coming out Valtry VB77 gals. Stands. <laughs> truly. True truly. stands. I'm so excited to see how the 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 house turns out his oh, yeah. yeah in finland in finland we'll get updates <gasps> oh i for sure we, yeah, think we we're gonna get updates I hope so but yeah like for i'm sure i like part of why i honestly think it's award worthy other than like kind of the meme of it is truly without his personal social media presence i my attitude towards valtry never would have changed yeah Without that presence and better understanding of him as an individual giving me, like, context for who he is, I would have not changed my perspective. So I think, like, it is... I'm really appreciative of, like, having some of those windows into his life to be able to understand, like, actually, he's not just, like, the radio messages you hear on the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I liked that. I would say that, too, like... Like that kind of thing, but also like Sebastian Vettel, because yeah. he doesn't have social media. Mm-hmm. We can't technically award him social media star of the week, but he takes advantage of opportunities to show his personality or like talk about things he's passionate about. And that's something that like had it not been for him moving to Aston Martin, like we probably wouldn't have seen that right. side of him. Right. My final social media superlative is for best overall brand partnerships daniel ricardo oh yeah so good i think not a surprise daniel has always been great at the like media and branding part of being a driver business manager is which i know he that dude's been featured on drive to survive Yeah. yeah um Whoever their his business manager is, like truly is like making the right move. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, also like, I don't just... want to credit just the business manager. Sure, I think sure. it's like also Daniel cultivating like really strong relationships with people. So yeah. yeah. Shout out to race service. Yeah, shout, shout out, out shout out to race service. Shout out to race race service. Dex Shepherd. <laughs> and Dex Shepherd. Yeah. Great many yeah, I just think like across the year, most consistently Daniel had the best brand partnerships the best tie-ins the best like random fun merch things and whatever like the wine thing like i think those oh, the wine. Those, those are the kinds of things that like i want drivers to do weird shit like that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day like i like the driving and i'm obviously watching the sport for the driving yeah but i love it for the personalities totally. and if your only personality is i'm a driver i'm never gonna get behind that <laughs> i need you to give me something else give me a weird hobby yeah. i don't care what it is yeah. i just want you to have something that you're into that's yeah. way too niche and i'm on board we love men who diversify their time yeah yeah you know any man with a hobby um Ugh, snaps. do you want to do you want to know how impactful daniel ricardo and his like 
his like brand is. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like cultivated. I was literally having a conversation today and I used so in Daniel Ricardo's because for contacts. Uh, Soph and I bought Kate a D- Rick three, Daniel Ricardo three sweatshirt for her birthday in March. Mm-hmm. So now I get Daniel Ricardo's emails oh, yes, for his yeah. March. Yeah. Nice. And his little like tagline, his yeah. little tagline is upper class elegance for lower class bandits. <laughs> And I used I used that phrase in a sentence today. Wait, can you say it again? I just want to process it. All, Upper all class way. elegance for lower class bandits. I fucking love you know, that. I, yeah, one thousand percent. I'm using that in my <laughs> professional used, job. This week. I, I used it in that. a sentence today when talk describing like my experience of. I think I didn't say bandits. I said scoundrels. But I was just like, I, I, I was talking about like my experience, like something in New York that happened to me where I was like, wow, I feel like a, like a, like this was upper class elegance and I'm a lower class scoundrel. Like kind of, but it was definitely, I'm like, wow. Thank you, Daniel Ricardo. Touched on this already. I think for me, my love for George Russell sort of surprised me this season. Oh, yeah. Yep. Slowly, I began to be seduced slowly. by him. Yep. It did happen. That did happen. And I think that was me last season. I started sending posts to Kennedy, and I was like, I don't know. It's starting to work. And then... <laughs> it's starting to work. That was me this season. The only other thing I can think of that I feel like is your second social media star of the week is oh, like... Yeah. Please tell me. Well, I was just going to say, like, kind of broadly Lewis fashion, but particularly... This was, yes. This was Like, it. Lewis buckle, bucket hats. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that I became... I honestly think my closet got better this year because of Lewis's Instagram. Like... <laughs> fashion I've, influencer. I've never appreciated a sweatshirt so much as this year. And, like, a nice, tidy, clean, like, just good sweatshirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it has, like, some structure to it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, just his... He plays with color really well. And that is his hobby, too. You know? And yeah. it's, like... Yeah. I think it's just That's become sort of part of him now. So we're used to it. And this year we were, like, surprised by Valtteri's hobbies. And somewhat surprised by Daniel's hobbies, sort of. And yeah. I think because Lewis has had those project going for a long time we were like okay i also am super excited for the ep drop the album yes. drop the ep now that you have something to write about pour the heart the heartbreak of losing the, the i'm on. gonna listen to this the shit out of that ep so like we love a man with a hobby and i love the fashion hobby and i've never like paid attention to yeah someone's fashion sense as much as I've paid attention to Lewis's this year. Oh, and it was just like very cool and inspiring. So yeah. Thank you for pointing that out for me. Of course. Yeah. Oh, can I call out one last social media moment? It's yeah. about Lewis. Yes. So, so Lewis obviously has a Lewis Hamilton foundation, which released research this year about representation within racing. Obviously one of Lewis's core tenets is making sure that people, the, the world and the spaces he occupies are inclusive. Mm-hmm. Lewis 
did something where he purchased a table at the Met Gala, which is fashion is a hobby of his, but he purchased a table at the Met Gala back in September and he invited all these young designers, black designers to come and sit at this table and provided a runway and an opportunity for them to experience something that they would never through traditional means be able to get that opportunity. And I think something that I really appreciate about Lewis and his ethos and everything he posts on social, whether it's his stories or his main feed or in his interviews or any kind of commentary, he's always trying to look for opportunities to give back. And he's always looking for moments. I think he's fully aware that every interaction he has with someone That is the interaction that they're going to carry, an impression they're going to carry of him. Mm -hmm. And he understands the weight that that has and tries to do everyone right and just just really graciously kind of takes the time to provide inroads for the next generation or younger people to feel included. And so I that's that's a moment that I probably won't forget. I mean, he looked freaking incredible at the Met Gala but like that is just a moment that I'm like dang I really can't wait to see more of that in the future it's also when he dyed his hair which I loved white straight to black yeah I I do want to say I feel like we make of Max Lewis comparison a lot Mm -hmm. and it happens to be by nature of you know this title fight over the season Lewis is 10 12 12 years older than Max is. Yeah. So with age comes a lot of maturity. That is, that I try to keep in mind, to some extent at least, is Lewis has not always been the gracious, mature, inclusive individual that he is this season that he has been for the last couple of years. Lewis's earlier seasons in F1, he was much more similar to Max in his approach to media, in his Mm self-presentation, in all of those ways. I mean, like, he was... He has not always been the way that he is now. And Mm -hmm. I think it's something where, like, to me, on the one hand, Max has been in F1 for quite some time at this point. So I maybe would have... I, I personally wish for more development in that way but that being said he is also still extremely young like in the grand scheme of the world Um, i can't imagine being the drama of like a 21 year old person in the position of like being a brand new f1 driver which like is something that happens frequently and i'm like i'm sorry myself at 21 like i just learned to like deal with my own health care Okay, like (laughs) I just figured out how to like talk to health insurance and like number. I mean, granted, that's like a U.S. based thing, but still, like, yeah, I don't want to be responsible for anything. I'm just a baby. Like, I'm a wee child, and it must be very stressful. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Well, that I think just about wraps longer episode season. You know, season finale. Yeah. Okay. So if he's like, I'm dropping 90% of this content. No. <laughs> this is going to be an eight-minute episode. No, it's great. <laughs> We've just been doing so great with our speed round. Our speedy. And this one needed to be a little longer. You're right. Yeah. yeah. This is a chattier one. So this is the end of our season. Woo! End of season one, but not 
the end of the podcast. Oh no. Believe me, we've we've had many a discussion. It is not <laughs> the end of the podcast. We're gonna take a little bit of a break, which I feel like everyone needs that at this time of year, you mm-hmm. know, as you're wrapping up and reflecting, you kind of need the space to just focus on those closest to you, as do we. But we will We have some good stuff that we're gonna we're cooking up for next season. We will see you guys in the 2022 season with a new lineup, new cars, new liveries, new rules, new social media, new rules, new and opening package, a new podcast format. So Woo. we'll catch you next year, guys. Dun, dun, dun. You've been listening to Lights Out.